0: You'll hear that or no? I do. Yeah, I hear that. Oh, weird. I guess it's not coming on my my computer. Oh, well. Well. What is up? What is up? Welcome. Howdy. Welcome to the fourth wave. Mm. Technical issues there for a sec. Yeah. But it's okay. Um, We're back. We're back from the
1: break. Good to be back. January 2024. Mm -hmm. That's what this feels like. Um, Yeah, that is what this is. How's it treating y'all? What 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 y'all been getting into? How many? So let's start with the normal question. How many cups of coffee have y'all drank today? How's that going? I defer uh, to Caleb.
0: I have had two this morning, or I had one before work. Um, woke up woke up early, made it made a nice cup, made a nice V sixty, an ice uh, V sixty. No, a nice V60, oh, not nice. a nice okay, V60. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, bro, it's like cold outside. It, it, it's cold and rainy here here in Marshall, but uh, yeah, I had a, I had a V60, and then after work, before my little, before my little nice seminar class thing at 5, I had another V60, but using the 5-Port method. Um, On a V60, to, I haven't done that. The 5-Port?
1: Oh, sorry, V60. Uh, my brain somehow, because we were talking about AeroPresses before we started recording. Oh, yeah. My brain inserted AeroPress, and I was like, bro, 5.4 five five, on, on
0: AeroPress would be weird. Uh, i kind not going to try that. Maybe I'll try that tomorrow night. <laughs> um,
1: Josiah, what about you?
2: I have had one coffee drink today. It was a cappuccino from our very own joseph pine tree mm. and, joseph and it was good pine with the good old I find Costco myself on the espresso? cappuccino train yeah it's kind of my my like baseline for shops i think now because it used to be the macchiato um so but i felt like i wasn't really getting too accurate of a taste of the barista skill for steaming milk mm, so, Get that full
1: milk quality
2: yeah so the cappuccino is kind of my uh baseline for most shops now. Nice. My Sorry, control speaking group, of Joe Pine
0: Yeah. Um thoughts and thoughts and prayers over to uh Taylor at, at Brown. Um yes. They're speaking on so,
1: episode two of this season.
0: Mm-hmm, yep, episode two yeah, live from the roastery. Uh yeah. that roastery actually had a small fire about a month ago, I think. A little yes. or a little less than a month ago, um, he's fine. Everybody like no, nobody was hurt. Uh, the building isn't like destroyed, um, but I know they're they're looking for some donations to to get back up and running in their own space. So go visit the second season roasting on Instagram if you want to do that. Just shout out to them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we, they're friends of the fourth wave. You know
1: they are friends absolutely. Friends of the Fourth Wave. That should be our new Patreon channel. Heck <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Friends of the Fourth Wave. Friends of the Fourth Wave. That's good. You that's also
1: good. write that down. Write that the down.
2: The rewards are <laughs> you get to see us talk about absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. That's um so nice. we
1: <laughs> Well, anyways, Jesse. I've had two drinks today. I woke up this morning and I made my bride. I made her a oat milk cap no oat milk latte didn't drink that gave that to her but then I made myself an oat milk cappuccino and
2: make me an oat milk latte today
1: <laughs> what <laughs> uh, walked all the way to Marple, texas handed it to josiah Um no. <laughs> and then this afternoon after lunch uh, I made myself a aeropress um to kind of get the juices flowing for doing some future planning and looking towards that and then I read a book at work and so that was it was a rainy day and got to do that so that was good um Mm. but we kind of transitioning because I didn't plan a good transitional statement um like we learned in English class um we on the fourth wave you know we we aspire and we strive to elevate that coffee experience um at home and you know, that's what we do. And so we're going to open up a series for the next four weeks for everyone listening. Um, and you obviously both know this and I'm just letting them in on the secret, Mm -hmm. Um, kind of a four week series diving into espresso and and talking about it through different lenses of, you know, today we'll talk about espresso machines. Like why the heck are those things so expensive? Next week we'll talk about espresso grinds slash espresso beans. Like, Is there a specific bean I have to buy or is there a specific way I have to grind it? Um, Mm -hmm. And then, oh gosh, we'll talk about, just go further into that. And I have the other two written down, but I'm not looking at it right now. Um, And kind of go through that. And so today we'll get to start off with, man, what are espresso machines? How about those things? And really the driving question of today, I think, Cause if we're going to ask this question from maybe like a coffee beginner's perspective, if you came across this, you know, on Spotify or like the internet and you just typed in why are espresso, espresso machines so expensive. And this came mm-hmm. up, we're answering the question from that perspective. That'll be our driving question per se. So Indeed. Caleb, why would you say espresso
0: machines are so dang expensive? So I think, um, I think it really just comes down to just the quality of how it's made and the quality of parts that it uses um, and I, th- I think also a, a good thing to look at it is like just comparison of what you're looking for and and um, like what what makes an $100 machine different from a $500 machine versus a thousand dollar machine and like if money was really no object um, yeah. And just look, looking at the quality of parts and in the and the different types of like water heater they use or, or the different um just all the different features it has and, and mm-hmm. can do um i th- i think just when you really break it down and see and see the inner workings of of this very expensive hobby and machine then okay. um yes then you realize how much work goes into it and that's why it's the price that it is Mm
1: -hmm. and i think that's maybe even a question worth talking about to some degree in a little bit of like maybe the difference in hobby espresso machines and Mm -hmm. commercial espresso machines absolutely think about like there were times people when i worked at joe pine would come in and like you know tap the machine and say how much did this thing run you and i didn't know and i knew that msrp those machines ran like a double group Simonelli could run you ten thousand to twenty five thousand, depending on the model. And I yeah, get mm-hmm. someone that ballpark number, and they're like, their jaw would drop, and they'd be like, "What the heck? Why are you spending so much money on that?" Well, you didn't. Mm-hmm. If you're even if you're going to spend a thousand to five thousand dollars on something as a shop, you don't want it to sputter out and die within the first year or two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so you want parts that are going to last you a long time. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I think quality of parts is a huge driving factor Mm -hmm. in that. Um, Josiah, why why do you think the espresso machines are so dead expensive? So this
2: is a question that has been posed to me in a couple different scenarios. And after kind of going through my, my kind of definition multiple times, I think I've landed on this. I think it comes down to four things. Um, and those four things are yes, a quality, b uh serviceability,
0: hmm.
2: three customer service and the relationship that you have with that company and mm-hmm. the reliableness of that company, and then the fourth one is kind of related to quality, uh but it's reliability and just to shortly break each of those down and why, yes, if you're going. To buy something that is thirty thousand dollars, in some cases, the every part of that machine has been meticulously crafted. I can, like, with ninety nine percent certainty, guarantee that that all of the parts in that espresso machine are, for the most part, going to last you a very long time. You know, other Mm -hmm. than like gaskets and you know little ten dollars things that that need to be that just naturally, by nature, have to be replaced every so often like a toothbrush yeah. or something, you know?
1: Wear and tear. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, normal things that happen. Uh, B is serviceability. And I think one thing that you get from having a machine like a La Marzocco Linea or like a Slayer machine mm. is that Espresso techs probably have seen that machine a lot of times, and you'll probably mm-hmm. able to find someone who knows how to service it really well work on mm-hmm. the boiler. Um, I've seen the inside of some of these machines and they make it very easy to service uh, these parts that do wear out over time and that you might need someone to come in and check. And I think having something that is very widely known and very widely respected, I think it's like the difference mm-hmm. between uh, you know, the service that you would get from going to a Ferrari dealership or from going to, you know, like I, I have no affiliation with any of these brands, but like a Kia dealership. You know, there's just a different level <laughs> of
0: you, don't, you don't just know, you for- know level
2: <laughs> of serviceability, you know? And I think the 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 quality that you get from specific brands that have a very good reputation, you can fall back on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a lot of people that are like certified by those companies to come in and specifically work on that specific machine. And they've been trained to know every in and out of that machine. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that's really great. Cause if you have some obscure machine that probably runs great, but if you need someone to service it, but they've never seen it before, or, or you can't find anybody that works on that specific type of machine then Mm -hmm. I think you could get into a bind. And then the last one is reliability. And I know we kind of each hit on it a little bit, but when you are running an operation that is essentially centered around this one machine that is in your space, if it goes down for any reason, your your shop is essentially shut down for the day. And when you are running a high operation shop, that is in a very busy part of the city and people are walking in all the time, you could mm-hmm. very easily make 300 drinks a day. I would not be surprised if some very high high production shops were running 300 drinks a day. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. by that at all. Or more, and. Yeah. And you have to think about the wear and tear that these machines are being put through with every single use. And if you do that 300 times a day, sometimes doing it with no breaks at all for like maybe two hours at a time, Mm -hmm. making Mm -hmm. a pressurized chamber, essentially that's what you're making, making a pressurized chamber that is very high pressure, that is at a very hot temperature and is having water (laughs) run through it at all times that's just something that you're going to have to know is going to work without a shadow of a doubt. If you're a business owner.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, God, I think one thing that's even worth mentioning of like things you probably pay for in the, you know, the big ticket price, the MSRP without even noticing Mm -hmm. um, or like think about is the level of expertise in craftsmanship and like the development of that product. And so, Like the other day, or maybe not the other day, a while back, I was looking at getting a new roaster, and but it hadn't been released yet, and they've been working on it for like four, five, six years, and teasing at its announcement of its being released. And it was the ticket price was so expensive. I was like, "There's no way the parts of this machine cost that much money." But it's a lot like buying a textbook. It doesn't cost that much money to print it. You're paying for the expertise behind it. And that mm-hmm. reliability, kind of what Josiah was talking about. So,
2: yeah, R and D, man, R and D is something that I think is overlooked in every single, uh, you know, product space or consumer space, uh, because there might be a lot of machines that can do something the same exact way, like hardware wise. Mm-hmm. But I kind of look at it this way. That And I might have people with Samsung's get really mad at me real quick, but it's fine. You might have something that can do the same thing. You might even have something that can do it a little bit better. Speaking from a hardware perspective, but I kind of view it in the way of you're, you're paying for an experience at the same time, a user experience. You're paying for software with newer espresso machines uh like ones that have uh scales in the tray in the drip tray like somebody had to dial that in research that develop that and really make it something that um uh, that is quality and something that is ready to be you know used by the masses multiple times a day and that that does not happen overnight yeah
0: it it sounds interesting. I think I think we're all very much looking at this concept of how much espresso machines cost from different perspectives. Um, but they all add up. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I, I just meant like, like y'all. I think I think it sounds like y'all are talking a lot about like, uh, like like shop perspective because both of y'all worked at a shop. Jesse, you own a. You own sort of a shop. You own a cart, um, so you have a pretty hefty espresso machine. Um, me myself, I have never worked at a shop, and uh, I i don't even oh, I don't—I have a flair, but I don't own like a full blown espresso machine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I—but I have just looked into it a lot. I'm just broke, uh, and I—and I, and I think that's interesting because, like, even for like the, because I mean, because we're talking about like serviceability of like these like $30,000 coffee shop, like need to make 300 drinks a day. Um, but like even to like a average coffee consumer, there's like, you know, my favorite shop has an espresso machine. Um, a hundred dollars just could be like, even just a little too steep. Also, hundred dollars mm-hmm. for like a good espresso machine is also really cheap. So I'd say $200 for a, for a Breville Bambino on Facebook Marketplace. That's like that's a like that's a lot to some people cuz you also got to factor in you got to buy a grinder at that point too. Like you can't mm-hmm. just you can't just like go to Walmart and buy you a $20 hand grinder. You got to like yeah. you you got to really think about that grind size. Uh for, throwback for, to episode yeah. 3 of season 1 um yeah. for the if you want to You'll learn more about that, but yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah, and for home espresso users, ROI isn't really something that—I mean, it is if you're thinking about you know the cost of going to a shop, mm-hmm. but ROI like isn't really something you can factor in. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and then and then we'll kind of move on. I have a second question. I'm kind of been yeah. like my brain but, yeah, yeah, yeah um when I bought. So I've bought, I've had three or four different espresso machines since mm-hmm. stepping out of like the commercial world at Joe Yeah, And like when I bought my first one, ROI wasn't in my brain of like, oh, this is going to keep me from going to the coffee shop. It was more so mm-hmm. of, like this desire to keep learning and have this hobby accessible to me without yep. having to like go to work. And then once it was this desire to jump higher, it wasn't like, oh, man, I'm going to save even more money by spending thousands of dollars on the machine. It was actually, man, I love this so much. I want more out of my machine, kind of this user experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And then because of that, I had to start thinking, ROI, is there a way I can make my money back? And that's when I, because I took my expertise in the machine that I was able to fund and make my money back off of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Or I feel like even if you're listening to this and you're like, man, you're crunching the numbers and you're like, I spend this much on coffee a year going to a sh- coffee shop every day. Mm-hmm. And that's the only like scenario you're looking at it through the lens. It will end up being more expensive, even if you tell yourself it's not going to be because <laughs> you'll get hooked and you'll want a more expensive machine and you'll just keep yeah. going further in all the Facebook and Reddit groups. So mm-hmm. Um, a, a second question going, maybe a little bit more accessible or not accessible, but related to kind of that idea mm-hmm. that we were talking about of like ROI. Um, it's what features would you recommend someone to look for in a machine slash features that are worth paying for? So like, what should they look for with like
0: mm-hmm.
1: bar and what they should they look for with like the boiler type of system and. Maybe
0: maybe some things like that that you would recommend. So this is something that I see a lot on like Instagram and TikTok and uh, like Twitter. So social media people, I mean, even the company itself. And this is my favorite. This is probably my favorite brewer. Um, I love experimenting with it. I love messing with recipes and I love um, all the things you can do with it and mess with it is the AeroPress. Yeah. Um, That that has a huge market, especially right now it's growing. Like it's in walmart Like, uh, I can't remember who bought it out, but like it's in Walmart now. And like yeah, there's someone yesterday. Yeah. And, um, one of their big things is like, Oh, you can make espresso out of it. Like, mm-hmm. why like, the Why pre- are you like buying that. espresso? Yeah. M- don't. Yeah, yeah. And like, da-da-da. but that's just not how that works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, cause like, I, I believe it's like the specialty coffee association. Like I believe it's the definition of espresso is like, it's been put through nine bars of pressure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, if anybody is curious, like a different measurement to know nine bars. Cause like the, this really put it into perspective for me. Um, Cause like nine bars, that's like, Oh, it's just nine. Like that, that's a small number. So if you're thinking about airing up your tire, that's going to be between thirty and thirty-five psi.
2: Mm-hmm. Nine
0: bars of pressure that an espresso, like a true espresso machine, will pump out is around one hundred and thirty-five psi.
1: Dang, that's crazy! I didn't think of it in tire mm-hmm. pressure. When I think yeah. of it, I think of it in like water pressure. So if you were to go, so mm. nine bar is the pressure that you would feel if you were to go ninety meters underwater.
0: Type of pressure? Oh, really? yeah. That's you know, another you about, like, way to think about it.
1: A 10-foot pole, and you're going to the bottom of it, how your ears you are feel like, yeah, 90 meters,
0: dude. Because like, the, the AeroPress, like, um, yeah, you're pushing down, there's a seal, but there is no humanly way mm-hmm. that you can push nine bars down. Yeah, but yeah. you
1: can't exert that, and that plastic can- doesn't have the resistance quality yeah. Um, no. It will fail. One of these expensive machines is going to be able to create through that mm-hmm. seal and the pressure and 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 like, under
2: that constant heat. Yeah, the constant heat. Oh my gosh. Um. That's funny that y'all think about it two different ways because I've always thought about um gravity being nine point eight bars. Hmm.
0: Hmm.
2: I've always thought about it that way in relation to gravity. Yeah. Yeah
0: uh and then also like i think um because we were talking about what features we were looking for like i think that's that's probably one of the biggest if not the biggest thing to look for when you're like at least buying like an entry level machine or, or situation um which if you're looking for like a like an automatic, not like a like a manual, like a flare or something like that. But like, if you're looking for an automatic espresso machine, um, that that's the number you gotta look for. Nine, nine bars of pressure. Most of <laughs> most of like the good, most of that like actual good ones will tell you like nine to sixteen bars of pressure. Um, I don't know why you'd want to go to sixteen.
2: Yeah, that's so much.
0: That's so afraid much pressure. That
2: would
1: explode. yeah you're just gonna Um, it's not gonna have good extraction if it actually and so maybe it it means that pitch oh we have 15 bar of pressure maybe it's it is a good enough machine that it can actually restrain that power and it's just not pulling all power all the whole time
0: yeah yeah well because from what i understand if you go out and buy like a breville Mm -hmm. um then I think it's just like set at nine bars and you, you can go and take the back off the machine and you can, you can crank up that pressure if you really want to. I mean, there's really no need to. Um, But then there's, there's like the first difference we see between like an entry level machine and then like a super enthusiast machine where you can go, you can go and adjust that pressure with just like a the touch of a button rather mm-hmm. than like having to mm-hmm. take the whole back off and take it apart and like really like try an expect more expensive machine, like thousand plus that's, that's when you can start messing with pressures and messing with everything else. Um, and that, that, that's kind of the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. you know, if, if you're just going entry level, sk- skip out on the AeroPress. Cause I also just looked it up. You can get like half a bar, maybe. That's crazy. on the arrow press. Yeah. So that's um, insane to
1: think about. Because I mean, yeah, I pushed so hard on my AeroPress.
0: press. I say I I, pr- <laughs> I press pretty hard, but <laughs> I mean, like uh, I, was just, I was like I gotta be getting like at least two bars or something. Yeah. Nah, sure. man. Like, you know when you're doing like a
1: normal pour over with air press, you're not pushing that hard. But there's times I've put like a a Prismo on mine. And like pushed as hard as I can. But that's still, cra- that's mind boggling to think of it in that yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, Josiah, anything in a machine that you would encourage someone to look for other than the barometric pressuring? So <laughs> I would
2: say that, and I'm going to say the statement and then I'm going to explain my statement. I would say that one of the biggest downfalls of like, consumer at home coffee machines and this is true of other things this isn't just espresso machines you see this all the time but Mm -hmm. the the pushing of so many like features and everything Mm -hmm. i i think that i've personally found that the more features that are on an espresso machine to make it the price that it is the lower quality that each of those features is probably going to be
1: Mm-hmm.
2: like if you if you look at one of yeah. these sub $1,000 you know like bean to cup espresso machines where you don't get to play with any of the variables uh, each of those parts are probably cheap on their own but they all come together to make it the price that it is so mm-hmm. but when I think of the inverse of this I think Of machines that really aren't playing around they're not trying to be super flashy and it really seems like everything was just put into making you know at the lowest cost the best thing that they could put in something that's the lowest cost so i think about machines like the gaja classic pro it has no bells and whistles it has Mm -hmm. it has one cup two cup on and off and it has a steam wand and a water tray that's -hmm. all it has i also think of something that's a little bit cheaper and i had this a while ago and after like perusing the market for even longer the delonghi dedica deluxe Mm -hmm. uh it's kind of serviceable i changed the steam one on mine and that made it way better Mm -hmm. um and but the same thing, like, yeah, you can, like, program a button or two. But, like, in terms of, like, things that are on it that you can play with, there's, like, nothing. It, it mm-hmm. is what it is. And I honestly think that that's the beauty of something like that. And...
0: Yeah, like, one that is great. gaining more traction right now is, and I mentioned it earlier, is the Breville Bambino. Yeah. Um, one, it looks cool. Two, mm-hmm. I think there's, like, four that's buttons available. on it. Yeah. I think it looks cool. I, think, I it think
1: it looks tubby.
0: And I think that kind of leads into,
1: I'll say in what I would look for. Or did I cut you off? No, you didn't.
2: I, made a, I'm, I said it looked tubby, and tubby is a funny word. But uh, it is, it's uh, one is last a funny thing word. that I would say, just to answer like the original question, uh, mm-hmm. if I had to pick like one thing that I wanted my espresso machine to have for at home, would be dual boiler. Because I just, mm. I just don't have the patience for heat transfer. It just yeah. takes so long for me. And
1: for those of y'all listening, if you get a dual, dual boiler machine, that's automatically going to jump your price range into the thousands.
2: It will. It, it will. will. But honestly, it, honestly if,
1: if
0: you get a good dual boiler, it'll yeah. jump into the thousands. Yeah. You can uh, have some pretty cheap ones, but they just won't, yeah. they won't do the same thing.
2: I think the cheapest dual boiler machine is the aptly named Breville dual boiler. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, a
1: great machine.
2: Um, it's like
1: $1,200.
2: Yeah. It's, it's kind of old, but it's still James Hoffman approved.
1: Yeah. And, and what they did with that <laughs> machine is so smart because they gave you all the features of a shop quality machine. Um, mm-hmm. But some of the non-essential parts, like the aesthetic parts on the exterior, they yes, pulled like those the casing. back. And, yeah. They're just plastic casing. Because they're not that important, um, and they're trying to give you like that what you're kind of kind of talking about like that bare minimum,
0: but all the bells and whistles that you that are essential. Um, now, for for those at home who don't know what dual boiler means, um, mm. good call. That's good call. A a a a basic way of putting it is you have a separate water boiler for. You're brewing, so where you're brewing the espresso and then a separate water, a separate water boiler for your steam wand. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So those won't mix because they're, they're with a single boiler. That takes so long to make espresso or like a milk based drink is because uh, you'll brew it, but then you have to wait for it to heat back up to make mm-hmm. the steam because you don't want your espresso mm-hmm. brewed. You, you can't brew your espresso with the same fully boiled water that you do yeah with the yeah. steamer
1: because it would have to go like it it brews your coffee at one hundred and ninety five degrees and then it has to heat mm-hmm. up two hundred and twelve and like yeah get to steam, yeah, and so thats dude that's what that would mean um,
2: dude as someone who had a heat transfer machine and tried to make drinks for multiple people at one time, yeah dude. the worst part isn't even waiting for it to heat up. The worst part is is if you're making like two drinks in a row is waiting for it to cool back down so yeah, that you that's can it, that brew the espresso. Forever. That takes even longer. Oh, my goodness. The that, heartache.
1: That's what – And then
0: kind
1: – of, uh, You go, Jesse. I was going to say that's kind of what pushed me to get a new machine. Um, and I didn't buy a dual boiler. That second machine I had was a heat transfer boiler that was a, so fast of a single boiler that it could go to both at the same time pretty much. Mm-hmm. Because I would do events in Centennial Lobby, um, RIP, yeah. now Carlisle. And it uh, I would literally tell students, they'd say, oh, I want a hot latte. And I'd look at them and say, no, I'll do an iced latte for you. And I felt <laughs>
0: limited in the options that I was able <laughs> to offer. Um, but yeah, the, the three main types of water boilers are single boiler, which you can't steam and make espresso at the same time because you're going to have to wait for it to mm-hmm. to heat up or cool back down. Don't you know. even try to make back to back drinks with it unless yeah, you have luck. the unless you have like a good <laughs> what, twenty to thirty minutes? Uh, Probably maybe it,
1: less. It less than that. Like the Breville was pretty fast that I had. But mm. yeah, dependent on the machine for sure. You're like yes. You yeah. gotta have a little bit of patience with it.
2: Yeah, I think um, we overestimate like the value of time. Cause like have you ever stayed silent true, for like a real time thirty seconds? <laughs> Like that feels it like feels the longest like long 30 seconds. Yeah. So yeah. I think like realistically it would legitimately take you like 15 minutes to make two drinks. But like
0: think about like a real time
2: feels... 15 minutes. That's mm-hmm.
0: kind of awful. Yeah. Um, in the middle one is like a heat exchanger where technically you can do both at the same time. But <laughs> it's it's going to be really sh- shoddy. Um, your yeah. steam tent might not be enough. Your brew tent might be too much.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's be um,
0: as like much pressure when you're steaming.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Aren't even like then, high end, like sort of high-end, like prosumer machines, like the Rocket? Aren't those still heat exchange?
1: They're heat exchange. Yeah. And yeah. They're really. Good yeah.
0: That's what my Simonelli was. Yeah. Yeah, and and the, yeah, so there are good heat exchange. Like, but then that's just gonna jump the cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it it because it works well. I mean, there's obviously the dual boiler, which is the best option. Mm-hmm. but yeah. like yeah like, there's a good heat exchange it's just it, it's going to be expensive
1: yeah okay so last thing one thing i would look for and this is not a these are not essential things these are just like tips i would say one is that it has an actual steam wand and not one of those Oof. like milk frother tips oh um, yeah man
2: that's the part that I changed on the DeLonghi. That was the yeah, best decision like, I ever made.
1: That's what I'd look into is like, is it an easy fix? Because they, they the milk frother is supposed to be like entry-level easy to learn, but it's it's not. Just get the seam one, mm-hmm. watch a few videos, and it's not that hard. And the second thing, and I think this really changes the game with Espresso, is mm-hmm. check if it has a pre-infusion feature. Like, check on details mm-hmm. or specifications of the machine, and... Because pre infusion is such a simple thing where it wets the coffee beforehand before pulling the shot and it just pulls out some different flavors and you kind of get the full experience. Most shop quality machines that you're going to have all have pre infusion. And like that's what I would look for. So, last question that we're going to answer today is like you get to mm-hmm. the. Worth the thirty-five minute mark. You've been listening to us, and you're like, "Man, is there even any hope? Am I going to get out of this episode without spending over a thousand dollars for something good? <laughs> the Gosh. question that we have, take a deep breath, is: So, what do I buy? And if you were to recommend one machine to someone um, mm-hmm. at a price range like bare minimum,
0: what machine would you recommend? Um, Josiah, so you can go first
2: uh honestly if someone is looking for a good user experience because i think that's one thing that keeps people into a hobby is Mm -hmm. that their first user experience with it because if they have something that just feels impossible or just feels like it's way too much then they're probably going to become disinterested and probably discouraged pretty quickly um And to that, I would say, it's kind of like how people say like, oh, I want a beginner guitar. Uh, Mm. And most of these beginner guitars that people talk about aren't going to play well and you're not going to want to play it. So I would give the same advice here that these things hold their value. So even if you don't like it, you can still resell it. So I would, I would go for something that's, you know, just, just a little bit above what you might think would be, Uh, an okay price and i think something around this price range that i'm talking about would be something in terms of uh the breville bambino uh the bambino plus uh Mm. specifically i know that it has a few more like creature comforts that make it easier to use um if you're particularly handy uh something like the dedica deluxe um it's a fun little mod project there are tons of kits that you can like do stuff with Mm -hmm. it if you enjoy that um but also if you just want to use it the way it is um it's it's also fun to learn on that way it's what i learned on um not that i'm some barista champion or anything but yeah uh, it's it's a good machine to learn on because there's not a lot going on uh or something like the Gaja. I know Mm -hmm. that I just covered like three there and I might've taken somebody else's, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's
1: where I would kind of go somewhere Uh, in that range. Caleb, what would you say is your, your one machine you go? Uh,
0: I've been hyping it up the whole time. Uh, I've used it before. Um, shout out Abraham Contreras. Uh, he he has one of these, um, the, the Breville Bambino as Josiah stole earlier. um, it's it's around the three hundred dollar price range, which you can get you can get it used somewhere um, <laughs> for probably like two hundred pretty easily. Just go to Facebook Marketplace or something. Um, also, I know some people have like iffy things with buying used equipment and things, but um, uh, I've never had a bad experience buying used coffee equipment. Um, just look, make sure they have like good pictures, and it's not like pictures from a bunch of different kitchens and stuff so it's you know it's not a scam yeah. mm-hmm.
1: um
0: that's that's the biggest scam i always <laughs> i always see but i think i think it's um uh, i think it's a great machine because like we were talking about earlier there's not much to it there's um a steam milk option there's an option for just hot water there and then there's an option for single shot double shot that's it mm-hmm. um I think you, you can pretty well if, – and if you want to start getting into all the changing the temperature control and, and all and all that and the pressure and stuff like that, I think that it's, it's pretty easy to like get inside the machine. And mm-hmm. if you need to like do a quick fix or if you really want to start getting all that, you can. And there's plenty um, of Facebook
1: groups for that, for yes, dedicated yeah. to those machines,
0: which go back Specifically
1: to kind – Specifically of the point, Gaja, a, I think
2: – I think the Gaja Classic Pro has one of the biggest Facebook like cult followings that I think I've ever seen. Uh, and people make kits for them on Etsy all the time, and there's so much information about using them, servicing <laughs> them, getting inside of them, changing stuff out. Uh, it's a great mod project that I've seen a mm-hmm. lot of people dive really deep into.
0: Yeah. but but I'll, So one, one thing I also like about the Breville Bambino is the price point because mm-hmm. if you if you're getting into espresso um you i i st- I still firmly believe that you should buy a grinder and, mm. and and sometimes if your budget is $500 you can find a good grinder for 2 to $300 so if you get this $200 machine and get a $300 grinder or vice or like switch those numbers whatever I I think that's a good I think that's a good setup. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. so that that, that that that's that's my take on it.
1: Yeah. So we have two kind of for that three hundred dollar price range of the Bambino. Um mm-hmm. I think that's a great decision, but kind of with your like final point of like you'd have to still buy the grinder. That's why yeah. I'm, I'm going to sway from the popular opinion here. Um hmm. not not in a crazy far off way. I think the Breville Barista Express is a really good option. It's the lowest level barista or Breville with the built-in grinder. Yeah. Um, mm, yep. I think those start at like $750, 800 But here's what I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Two options. They run sales on those things about four times a year, and they'll come off them like two to $300. So mm-hmm. you can get it around that $500 price point. Or yep. option number two, this is when I bought mine. Um, I Had just got married, and I put it on my wedding registry. And then Mm, when the wedding's over, they give you a huge like, "Hey, we still want you to buy and get everything on your wedding registry." So just tell them you're marrying someone, put it on a wedding registry for tomorrow, (laughs) and then they'll email. I'm dead serious. Y'all think (laughs) I'm joking? They'll email you like thirty percent off discount, Jesse Josiah. We're getting married. (laughs) They'll send you a thirty percent off discount code, I think, or something ridiculous. Put it on the machine and <laughs> it's it comes with the grinder. It's not the best grinder. Um, but hey, for entry level, you it's can good, yeah. It. It's it's fine. Like it gives you a good frame of reference for like, hey, do I wanna go further in this? But it's also gonna pull really consistent shots that make good espresso for your drinks. So and it seems mm-hmm. great quality milk. Some of my best like at home latte art was with that machine. So which is really silly because I have a really nice GS three at the house, but
2: yeah. It was also <laughs> I, I agree. I've I've also had the chance to steam and pour on that machine and I was surprised.
1: Yeah. I mean it takes a long time, but hey, worth it. So Yeah. Um cool. Well I think those three questions in, in would have helped me four years ago, five years ago, whenever this was oh, when I was looking sure. to what machine to get? Um, but I want to bring back an old um, tradition that we used to have on this show. Mm. Mm. Y'all know where what I'm going. Is that, right what is oh! that, Jesse? What is that? I know. Let's we go. So long. Um, so I have two questions, with kind of a backup question on each of them. So of, mm-hmm. of four points, right here. Um, I looked, listened back, and we have a tie score of two to two for this season. Ooh, uh, that, that's. So you could either go up six two or we could end four four today. Oh
2: man. man.
0: Wait, what what what, what episode?
1: Yeah. We haven't done it since season one season two, episode one.
0: Oh my God. I don't like, I was like, what episode are we? I was like, what episode are we on again? Like there's so like it's it's been a it's long time.
1: Yeah, it's because we pulled in Taylor and so we didn't do trivia for that one, and then we just kind of got out of the habit of it.
0: Um yeah.
1: so question number one. Uh, You got to get off
0: your phones because you you could be googling it. Um, Oh, sorry. I was just checking how many episodes we've done.
1: Oh, okay. Um, So a great entry level espresso machine that we've talked about the Breville. What
0: country Mm -hmm.
1: is this machine developed from? Caleb, your hand was up first.
0: Oh, uh, isn't it Australia?
1: Australia. Because
0: because they uh, they call it Sage there because we yeah they call it sage in, in australia and they they change right. it to rebel i don't remember why but I, is it, is it right. australia
1: yeah it's australia and that was my backup question or like the secondary to that one is <laughs> what's the australian brand name and it's sage so i will give you one point there because i don't feel like i should give you two since you got that so far. like i didn't even get the second question yeah, dude rebel, I, it's so weird that they do that I,
2: I knew that too i didn't know we were buzzing in. Of course, that's Uh, uh, hindsight (laughs) bias, but
1: Okay, this one is a little bit harder Um, Okay And it's that Okay, so brewed espresso It's an emulsion of different oils And different, you know It's primarily made up of water Um, But what percent of espresso brewed is fat?
0: Oh Oh, okay I've heard this stat before and I can't remember what it is. It's
2: it's partly okay. why the
1: olive oil thing works, right? Okay, I'm gonna give you two little parameters. It's between zero <laughs> percent and ten percent.
0: But yeah, it was low. But... It's not
1: extremely high, obviously. It's primarily water, but I was still shocked by how high this number was. Not that it's high, but somewhere
0: between that and there. Okay, Josiah. Is it, it is it is it more than the I'm, average milk sorry no, you
1: <laughs> that's a uh josiah
2: i'm i'm gonna go with a very confident like seven and a half percent
1: seven and a half percent caleb where are you
0: going with this uh, i'm going jesse is this question like do we have to get it exact or is it whoever's closer um,
1: I'll go whoever's closer, but I don't want you to pull any cheesy thing and to go to like 7.6 or 7.4. No, you know, no, was about,
0: no. I was going to go four. I was going to go 4.5, 4.5. Okay. Percent. It's too curious. So really,
1: Caleb gets the point here. Cause he's closer. It's fair. Um, enough. I may have swayed it a little no. bit, said I was shocked by how high it was. I didn't want to give you yeah. like, a really close. I range. mean, that's still high for
2: something that is made from. Plants and water.
0: No, oh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 more than what most yeah. milk drink. Like people drink. Yeah, it's, most people drink you, two. It's like two percent. Yeah, for and
1: real. So it's think about that. The same. I mean, like you're not drinking as much espresso as you are milk, but it's somewhere in between whole milk and two percent milk in yeah. fat con- Okay. Hmm. Can I get so on a cool soapbox for a second about <laughs> milk and <No>. about a, <laughs>
0: about <laughs> coffee? No, we go know, go know, go no, you're no, just
2: No, no 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 i'm not i'm not advocating for for milk this isn't a milk advocation right now even though i do advocate for milk that's not what this is hear me out right now i i am just surprised i'm not saying that this is wrong i'm not saying that anybody should stop doing this drink your coffee however you want i don't care i just do think it's a little funny that most people that would order an iced caramel latte would not enjoy a shot of espresso And would not enjoy a glass of milk separately. But for some reason, whenever you put these two things together,
1: it is like the national drink of America. I don't Don't you worry. We're actually gonna talk about that in a later episode of why milk and espresso pair so well together. Indeed, we are. I definitely
2: segued into
1: that
0: uh, on purpose.
1: Question we can do
0: we can do an Instagram short, Josiah, of your milk rant. Yeah, we can.
1: Um, question number three, and then we can get, uh, towards the last <laughs> second. Um, Caleb's up four, two. Okay. So if brut espresso is 2.5%, how much is filtered coffee? A fat. Oh.
0: So like, okay. Pardon me. I'm not going to say this, but I, it's low. I'm not going to. Um, Okay.
1: I guess, bro. I'm going to go.
0: I'm going to go I'm going to go I feel like it's going to be like astonishingly lower. I'm going to go 0. 0.8. Point 0.8. percent
2: okay. okay. I'm not I'm not saying this to be cheeky because I was also thinking that it would be lower, but I'm I'm going to go, you know, lower than like 0. 0.7 because there's no point. But I'm going to go with 0.
1: 0.5. 0. 0.5. All right. The answer is 0.6 so josiah gets the point
0: dang by one that's by 0.1 that's
1: crazy yeah i mean so i I, I mean
0: i i figured because of the like i assume a lot of the water like the more since you're using a lot more water in a higher ratio mm-hmm. yeah it dilutes the fat more
2: but yeah. When, yeah, you it, it, when you it. think about it when you think about it when you're using that much more water, like just imagine if you use less water, that's still more than I would think, you know, because if we're mm-hmm. talking about like, uh, because obviously this is in, in ratios and if you're using a ratio of like standard drip coffee of uh, let's say like 15, 16 to one, that's so much higher than like standard, like two to one or a three mm-hmm. to one espresso ratios so that's honestly surprising that it's still that high at such a large water to
1: coffee ratio Mm -hmm. cool i agree Uh, however we're going to switch into the final little here of what's in the bag and then we'll play our outro and we'll see y'all next week um but caleb what you got in the bag this week
0: okay so um Right before the freeze happened, uh, if wondering, we're recording this um, about a week prior to a, a bunch of snowfall in Texas where it kind of took a, everyone out of commission for a, a couple days. But just before that, I went to Joe Pine to pick up a bag of coffee. <laughs> it's and kind of funny. <laughs> Brown, they don't often do decaf roasts. So I just I wasn't looking and I didn't look for the word decaf. Also, it's pretty small on the bag. Anyways, um, so I I saw Burundi and I was like, oh cool! Like they usually don't roast like Burundi coffees. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. I got it. I was walking back to my car. I was on the phone with somebody and I go, oh, and they're like, what? And I was like, I looked at the process and it said decaf process i was like oh my god so i used that for a few days <laughs> and i got paid so then i went back to joe pine and got a bag of rwandan before i had to go back to work <laughs> and stuff um, and the R- R- Rwandan has been enjoyable anyways that's a long story to say i have two things in the bag um and one is a decaf because i don't read um tragic anyways not
1: that he doesn't just that he can't
0: yes. but the few decaf roasts I've had, this is this is a better one. I I will say. Nice. Shout out, Taylor.
1: Nice. So Sarah, what you got in the bag? So
2: for Christmas this year, um, I received an Ethiopian bean from Hudson Coffee Roasters. Uh, it was gifted to me. Um, the few times I've had it, it is it is sufficiently Ethiopian. That is how I would describe this coffee. Uh, I'm not particularly impressed by it by any means, but you know, like if I just need like something that's kind of balanced, has a little bit of you know zing to it, you mm-hmm. know, more than you know your average. Uh, it is a natural process, you know, more yeah. than your average like washed or your average uh, drip coffee. Had it on a V60, and you know, it did the job. It it filled my cup figuratively can, and literally figurative,
1: speaking literally nice well i have been brewing the last five or six days um an eland coffee roasters i'd never heard of them i found them in a shop mm. here um the shop had just switched to this roaster eland coffee roasters e-i-l-a-n-d um it's what's a, that uh it's called grounds and gold oh we went there
0: oh
1: uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Because they switched from Merit to this within the last, like, month. Um, it's because
0: Merit switched to Austin FC. Anyways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's a Ethiopian, it's a natural process from the Sadamo region. Um, I've been brewing it in espresso, and it's been really good. It's had, like, this kind of, like, thick strawberry um, hmm. flavor, and I've really enjoyed it. And it goes great in an Americano or just a plain oat milk cappuccino. So that's what I've enjoyed. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if you haven't yet and you're listening to this, go to Instagram and type in the fourth wave coffee and give us a follow on the Instagram. Stay there. Stay tuned for all updates, maybe some short clips um, and let us, we'll let you know when we release episodes so you can stay up to date on all your espresso needs. And in the meantime, we'll see you next week as we talk so about we, ap-
0: we apologize for this long episode that we said was going to be short. yeah, um, there was a lot more to this than I think we both we all thought about yeah. um ne- next week should be yeah. shorter though, so we'll be okay
2: yeah, that's uh, what we're gonna tell ourselves.
1: amen brother <laughs> all right <laughs> see y'all bye bye boom.